guys. Today we are going to be touching on spring fishing a little bit. And um, with my guy, Big Steve, today. Hey guys, I'm Austin. Ever my friends call me Big Steve. Um, me and Griffin, we love to fish together, and we have a great time. Yeah, we we're uh, excited for spring fishing, and we've a few things to touch on, including uh, uh, proper baits to use and where to throw your lure in the water column, mm-hmm. in their strike zone to get hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing I want to touch on is just generally in the spring, this is right when the fish are like pregnant and they're the big, they're at their biggest points. The water, water's getting warmer and there's a lot of good baits to throw. Yeah, there's a few baits I recommend, um, especially for these big fish that are active, moving in the middle of the water column, usually starting to get shallower as they're on their beds sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the Texas rig. Throwing anything on the Texas rig. Same, same with me. I, I'm a uh, I'm a big Texas rig guy. I love throwing worms. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of different worms work in the spring too. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, trick worm. I really enjoyed the trick worm last spring, and I uh, throw that on a medium heavy rod, usually about seven foot. Um, and I use fluorocarbon line, just as I mentioned in the last podcast. Um, cause I feel like the, um, the ability for the line to stretch and, uh, the way it creates tension on that fish helps the, the hook set of the fish, uh, successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I use medium heavy. I just got a new bait caster. Um, I, I, I use six for six rod. I like to use braided line just to have like tough, heavy line. And I love throwing. I love throwing a Texas rig. I like what Griffin touched on. I love throwing trick worm. There's a lot of good colors, just depending on the weather. Another good bait I like to use is um, I like lipless crankbaits. It's, um, I like lipless crankbaits in the in the um in the spring. Yeah, uh, I definitely like lipless too. Uh, sometimes though, on the spring, I do prepare, I do prefer the, uh, the square bill cause it's got the ability to bounce off cover mm-hmm. without getting hung. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing in the spring is that you got to be able to get into cover, mm-hmm. um, where those fish are moving, trying to hide from shad and doing an attack shad, mm-hmm. trying to feed, feed, grow, stay healthy, especially when it's warmer in the warm water, they're a lot more active and awake. Yeah, and let me know, guys, if y'all think we should do another podcast with me and Big Steve, and we'd uh, mainly focus on the difference between fluorocarbon and braid and mm-hmm. why why we're on the different side. I, I like fluorocarbon, he likes braid, and get two sides of opinions on the type of line and what why mm-hmm. we throw that certain type of line, because that's definitely a big impact mm-hmm. hookup ratio with these, with these fish, especially mm-hmm. as the fluorocarbon line you know, these days, they always have um, a lot more stretching to them as, as braid. It's uh, a lot more tight, and it's it's more, like, built for strength instead of being able to, like, stretch and adjust. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of, like, a, you know, if you've ever thrown a Guggen muscle rod around, which runs <laughs> a 7'5 um, extra heavy rod, which is a great option if you're flipping 
with that nuke punch. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, throwing a big swim bait or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another great option now for the spring is the new nuke punch. I, I've seen a, a lot of uses for that. Uh, those are year-round baits that are great. They they look a lot of fun to throw. Yeah, that's like, like I touched on uh, last podcast, guys, in the mm-hmm. uh, season of 2022, just starting off the season. Um, I did talk a lot about the nuke punch, and I, I do agree that at some point this nuke punch is going to turn into a year-round bait and that you're going to be keeping it on your go-to combo for the whole year. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can fish it any way you want to. You can fish it weightless, Texas rig it. I threw it around like a bandito bug the other day. And then the next day you could go and flip in lily pads and do a flipping. It's got so many different uses. It's a great new bait. I love it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a good one. Um another thing I really I was really touching on is I don't I I, I don't believe I don't you realize these people are throwing jerk baits in the spring and I get it, it's a dying shad. But it's a representation of a dying shad, but in the spring, to me, a jerk bait is, is um, not quite what the bass are looking for when when the bait is in their strike zone. That to me, that's more of a fall bait. Anglers do throw it, mm-hmm. and it will work, but it's not as uh, successful. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so bait bait wise, there's a ton of different baits, ton of different options, and. One thing to do in in the uh spring throwing is generally there's a lot of shelves and cover for because the bass are more active they're trying to eat and uh those are great places to throw in the spring throw baits at different t- all those different baits you talked about those are great places to throw them. Yep. Um, the other thing about that is is that another thing we touch on during spring fishing is people want to be so efficient during the spring, having multiple combos out ready to go with different baits on them. Especially when you come up, if you're say you're boat fishing and you come across a, a, a deep pocket with the tree overhanging and it looks like a nice place for a bass to have a bed on. Mm-hmm. And um, you want to have the ability to be able to switch from a bait caster to a spinning combo uh, really quickly, uh, depending on like, you know what, uh, how heavy that how how heavy that rod is and how how much, how heavy the line is on that on that reel. Mhm, for sure. And that opens up a whole can of worms, especially thinking which like gear ratio you're gonna get. And you know, uh, in my opinion, I I like the uh, higher gear ratio in the spring because most of the baits you're throwing are moving. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll throw a finesse bait with a trick worm, but most of the time you're throwing a crankbait. Um, anything that's shad or has shad representation in it. Yeah, for sure. Great bait for the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, the spring weather can sometimes be challenging just to locate bass, but you got to pay attention to the water conditions, and you can you can find bass more uh, uh quickly on a, a bass trip. I feel like you just have to be like aware of the water and the weather that day, because that that plays a big role in what you're gonna throw and where you should throw it. 
and the bass activity. There's a lot of good apps that me and Griff use so, uh, just to check the day before to see what bait will be good to use based on where we're fishing and the weather and the climate and, and the water conditions. That day. Yeah, that, that's a great point. You know, Bass Forecast has been a really good app for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells you out of like eight or ten what the condition, it'll say like 4.5, today's a, fine, a okay day to fish. And it will tell you what, what um, if slow, working a bait slow is going to be the best way to work it for that day, depending on the weather. And that's that's half of fishing right there. If you can figure out the weather and where the bass are at, that's half the fi- that's half of what fishing is. The other half is working the bait correctly and mm-hmm. uh, you know getting them on your getting them on you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's played a very big role. And I think when Griffin and I, we probably go two or three times a week to the same pond, and it's different every time. We throw something different every time just depending on the weather because some days like we, we were going to go fish this morning it was oh, what 30 degrees 35 degrees yeah, this it morning just, it was about 35 degrees but the problem with that is is that some guys are going to be saying that yeah that's a cold front you can yeah you can mm-hmm. get on the bass mm-hmm. uh, you know they become more active during the cold front but right now we're kind of stuck in a, you know it's 35 every morning and at some point they're gonna get tired of it and they're not going to be all perky on it I know, and like two weeks ago, it was we were out there in the afternoon, and it was seventy-five, and we were sweating. And yeah, I know. it was, um, and yeah, that day was the day where um, we went between the the rooster tail. It's a little micro, mm-hmm. micro. Uh, it's got a little spin spinner on it, and it's it, it's meant to represent like a dying, like small little fish. Uh, and it makes a small and it's a, it's spinning action it's it's a combination of a spinnerbait and a um it's yeah it's a combination of, of like a bunch they took a bunch of different baits and it's meant to represent like an injured fish and we use it a lot at the pond we fish at and it's health it's really helpful yeah the main the main use of that though guys is definitely if you're casting parallel to a shelf and if you don't know what a shelf is, a shelf is a drop off, um, by a few feet, you know, you'll be at like say four and a half feet of water and you'll go a little bit to the right. And you'll start dropping the 5.5, six, six and a half. And you know, shelves can go anywhere from about three to, you know, 12, 15 feet. They can drop a lot depending on mm-hmm. the lake, if it's man-made or natural. And mm-hmm. throwing that rooster tail parallel to that shelf where those bass sit is a great way. Cause great way to catch fish because if you throw it on their head most Mm -hmm. likely they'll eat it especially during the months where they're active and Mm -hmm. not throw it on their head again because they will get mad at it you know bass don't have to like don't have to enjoy the taste of of Mm -hmm. um of whatever they're eating for Mm -hmm. them to you know it Mm -hmm. it could all they could also be mad at it so they eat it that's definitely a very good high possibility on how you catch those fish yeah, I think shelves are a great part of understanding fishing, and um, it really just helps, I feel like, to, if you know sh- where the shelves are in the time of season, like especially in spring, like Griffin said, where the, fish, where the bass are just active and sitting on those shelves waiting for a fly or something to pop in front of them in the water for them to eat. If you just drop it right there on their heads, whether it's trying to make them angry or just look delicious for them to come and eat 
there, it's going to get hit one way or another. Yeah, and also, you don't actually have to throw in the shelves. In my opinion, that's the you catch the most numbers of fish on that. But if you're also bank fishing, you can throw parallel to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin last year was throwing a topwater frog. He, he cast it straight out because there was a shelf that drops, and they put in a, a log for shelter for those fish. And he was almost done. He was just about to start constantly reeling. Yeah, I, I was I was just reeling in just to throw another cast. And right by the bank, probably two and a half feet off the bank, maybe less, I just out of nowhere I get snatched. Uh, and it was decent size, like two and a half pound bass. Yeah, it's a, it was about two and a half pounder. And, um... for the, and that's really good for the pond we fit. It's, it's very overfished. It was a previously stocked pond. It's very big. And there's just limits to where you can fish it, so we don't have a ton of fishing area. It's got a, uh, it's got numbers, but it doesn't have uh, quality. Not a ton of size. Yeah, it's it's got numbers, so if you need to catch a few fish, it's, it, it'll it'll do the job. Mm-hmm. But and that shows you to, to how that how those bass they they try to trap that bait, or you know whatever they they're tracking trap. it, they're watching it the whole time. Yeah. You can look look up clips on YouTube. Of bass, just you'll see them on a top water that are staring it down, waiting. They're planning out their like how they're gonna go eat it. And this one was smart, smart enough. If it wasn't a, a lure, and if it was a real frog, they probably would have gotten it because he was he was mm-hmm. trapping it against that bank and gonna mm-hmm. get it to where that frog was trapped, unless it was gonna get out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a great move, but we ended up with a two and a half pounder mm-hmm. that day, uh, which was it was a cool bite and all that and uh. The other thing was that same day we're we're throwing a Texas rig, so it's a cloudy day. It was a lot of a lot of worms. Great times for worms. A rooster, uh, Texas rig worm. Uh huh. And that we we're throwing a by Zoom. It was a June bug color. We're throwing that out on a one eighth ounce uh, tungsten weight. Yep. Um, I was throwing seventeen pound fluorocarbon with mm-hmm. the three aught shank hook, and we were just throwing it straight out, not really casting parallel. Or at an angle, we we're just throwing straight out, working at finesse, you know, uh-huh. at the bottom, giving a few pops. Slowly and, work it in, not too fast, nothing yeah. special. And I, we were getting hit. We, were, we got fish. On we, that. that that was a good day. Just I know, just with that June bug worm for that Zoom June bug worm. Slow, yeah, finesse, real, working it slow. That 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 was good. Uh huh. And that's like how we're thinking is. Me and Austin are always out there, you know, catching about seven, seven each a day, and we have we have a friend named Jack Ellenberg who casts like he he just he's unreal. He, he's the best caught, fisherman we know. Yeah, he caught. See twenty three fish out of there. A, a mm-hmm. big a big day is probably. Yeah, and we that day he caught I don't he got twenty three. Me and Griffin had like five each, and he's just crazy. And all he throws is an all white rooster tail. Um, and he he just constant reel through the water, and he knows where to throw. He's very experienced, very good fisherman. He has his own boat. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, a numbers day for us is probably around fifteen fish. Mm-hmm. Um, like a really high day. That's like an awesome day, perfect fishing conditions. And mm-hmm. we're out there on a cold in, in December day in 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 Georgia, and it's probably we're wearing sweatshirts and and pants, mm-hmm. huck boots, and we're out here 
it rained the day before and he caught 23 in about two and a half hours. And, and the kid's got such determination. He's like sprinting across the golf course, not to get hit by a golf ball. Cause he knows there's fish over in this corner. Mm-hmm. It, it's he's unreal. Yeah. yeah. He's a very good, well, you'll probably see him. Go check out our YouTube channel. Keeping it real. Same, same thing is our Spotify and everything. Podcast, all, yep. all of our podcasts, our information. We're over there on YouTube. We're about to upload our first video soon. You'll probably see him on there. A couple other buddies of ours. We love to go fish a lot with our friends. Yeah. And you'll you'll get you'll get to see how good he is, how many fish he's caught. It's cra- it's unbelievable. You have to yeah. see it with your own eyes. He's got he's a he's a fun man to watch, and mm-hmm. and also on that channel, um, we start getting that going. We're, we're gonna get some going here soon, but really in kick mm-hmm. up, we'll get like. Um, We'll have we'll have a bunch of videos come out, but then we're really gonna kick up in the spring and show you some really cool stuff. For uh, sure, got some, got some cool ideas planned out. We have a lot of good videos planned out, and now I I just uh I part my family's part owning my uncle's pond. He has a thirty acre pond, uh, in yeah. Calhoun, Georgia. Last I mean, we went up there last summer. We caught an eleven one eleven point one uh pounder, and then we caught a uh, nine fourteen pounder, in, in one day, and it was crazy. And we we're up there the same day. We saw a thirty five pound grass carp. And yeah, it was. It's yep. In the and this was in the winter too. This was just this, strolling around by the shore. It is. It is an unbelievable pond that your your family has, and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to talk about that when we went out. So they got two boats out there, and two it, like fourteen foot John boats with trolling motors. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a cool place, and we were um, we were fishing down on the left side of the bank kind of about 10 feet 10 to 20 feet off off the uh shoreline mm-hmm. and we were casting on the shelf they have a really uh clear lake and it was very clear and you can if you put on some polarized glasses you can see the shelves very vividly you can see like right right where the fish like fish like to sit like especially in the summertime you can see what we were talking about the shelves and just where the drop-offs are in the water and that's where we like to cast out there yeah, we're casting parallel to those shelves, and one night, it was about probably 7.30, it was getting dark, because it was a winter mm-hmm. uh, day, and um, the Ellenbergs, uh, Jack gets on a crappie, um, to find a school of crappie. It, oh, yeah, this was unbelievable. And he's throwing a, a Rapala kind of minnow, it looks like kind of a jerkbait. Mm-hmm. It, it acts as more as a minnow, not in lively, not really dying, and he caught about eight and fifteen minutes of crappie in the middle of the lake. I mean, it is mm-hmm. the lake holds everything. It it was kind of like a small suspending jerk bait. It was um, it was a really nice Rapala that he was using, and he, he was every other cast hooking like a decent sized crappie over there. And we just found a school of them. We we couldn't miss them. It was crazy. It was it was unbelievable. And I was over here on the other side of the lake. Um, trying to get on some bass and it wasn't even close to what they were doing on the other side of the pond just mm-hmm. apparently that it's going to be crazy fun fishing there uh during the spring and we'll make sure to mm-hmm. get all some content from out there because mm-hmm. in the summer if we caught that 11 one pounder in the spring if that thing was pregnant because it was a girl if that thing was pregnant that's maybe 12 13 pounds yeah it was it had some number on it it, it, it had a belly it was thick big fish and um and the guy that was out there that was fishing with the kid that caught it, um, he saw it. 
come right off the bed and go into the boat. And he thought he was going to hook up on it. Uh-huh. And the, the kid, this kid hasn't really fished that much. It was his first time actually taking a boat out and fishing. He's a very experienced. And he throws, and he throws the, he throws his worm like 10 feet in front of the bass. And after a couple seconds, he just gets lit up and he's like, he bought all this fish and stuff on his own. He's never fished before. He has like five pound, like, Floor carbon on like test line. Yeah, he was telling me that. Um, and like a small of, circle hook for like live bait. It's one of Austin's friends. I don't I don't know of, but um, it, that was I mean it was it, it was a huge fish that he was mm-hmm. fighting and he didn't even hook set the thing. He just that that bass was so committed to that bait and he took uh-huh. he took like, off the and right there we were using like a watermelon seed just zoom worm. Uh, those are very effective also in spring, like we were talking about. Those uh, watermelon seed, pumpkin seed worms from Zoom, those are very good on Texas rig. I like with like a one-eighth, one-sixth ounce. It's very nice up there. Yeah, and also, I was just thinking of this while we were up there. Um, me and Austin, I want to know, we were trying to figure out what this is at that pond that we catch a bunch of numbers at. Mm-hmm. Um, we both broke off on we we believe the same fish. Oh, this is crazy! So Griffin's up, Griff's up there one day, and just I don't know, probably so from the dock, probably a hundred feet to the left, there's like a small little, sh- very shallow, very like weird area. It's a point. Right, it's, a, right, it's, a point. it's sticking out, yeah, and it's very shallow. And Griffin, last time we were up there, he he cast out there. You can tell him the story, Griff. Yeah. So I was um. I was just I was working with that same June bug trick worm I was talking about to y'all earlier, and we just get um I cast it out there. It's kind of a slow day so far. The lake had some green thing in from the golf course. Oh so yeah, there we're, were trying it. to move. We're trying to move out of that area, and I'm just kind of making angles, casting it uh kind of parallel, 45 degree angle, straight out. You know, just trying to see if I can locate a shelf out there and get on some fish and. All of a sudden, I I get lit up by it. if it's, and I'm I'm right next to him. His rod's like bending in half. And and I was using a seven foot medium heavy ugly stick. And uh, those things egg, are ugly stick carbon actually. And so that thing, and it was bending like we were on some saltwater fish. Mm-hmm. And as we know of, I don't think there's too much more in there but bass and bluegill. And there was some trout in there from a long time ago, but it, a trout wouldn't break me off like that. And this thing, we saw it. it we saw, I saw its tail, and it was huge. And if it was a bass, it was it was probably massive. 14 pounds. And I was throwing 17-pound fluorocarbon on. Mm. And um, we saw it. I almost had, got it on. And why I believe it wasn't a bass is because it took off. It didn't just spit it. It took the hook and everything. And I was I tied on a uni knot, and I, I, I tied real uni knots. It's, it was a real uni knot. Yeah, I was I was right next to him when he tied the knot on and when he when he casted at it, and so about two days later I was out there, and th- this was the day this was uh this was January first uh it was seven days ago we were we I went out there with my uncle the same one who caught an eleven one pounder at the place, and he took me takes me out there and so I'm at this I go to the same place I was like why, I was like why not just go back to the same place Griff broke off. And sure enough, I have a June bur- a June bug worm on. I cast it out there, slow reel, finesse, and and this is with my bait caster, six six medium heavy. It's like the same rod as Griffin, just mine six foot six. Yeah, he's he's rocking that Saint Croix rod. Definitely go check him out. Mm-hmm. 
guys are really good. And, uh, and the Shimano yeah. SLX reel. Yeah, their Mojo Mojo Bass uh, rods are really good. And who's wrong mm-hmm. with the Shimano SLX DC, which is mm-hmm. a top end bait casting? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very good reel, yeah. very good action. I I highly recommend it. It's very it's very fun to use. You could sling it. But um, I I so I couple cast in probably third cast out of nowhere. I um I get lit up, right? And so I don't I like I start to hook set it and then the hook comes flying out of its mouth and I it, well actually what happened was I broke off first on my 20 pound braided line and then the hook comes flying out of the thing's mouth. It comes flying through the air. And so there's a hook it, hook came broke off and then came out of the thing's mouth and the worm was gone. So the thing just ate the worm, broke me off and then just took off. And I tie I tie a Palomar knot with braided line, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I had a low feeling that was a bass, but what an experience that was. Mm-hmm. You guys watch or listen and never get on something like that. Please tell me if, if y'all if it's, y'all you know what it is. It's fun. Um, so much fun. Our heart, my heart dropped. I don't know about you, Griff, but yeah, I thought if I broke up on, if that's a bass, that would have been my PV probably for life. Same with me. My, that was my PV times two at we, least. No, yeah, no, that would be my PV, but I would never break that PV. Oh uh, yeah. About fishing is the determination to break your PV. Mm-hmm. When if that was a bass, that probably wasn't breaking because when I caught that seven pounder a few weeks ago, that did not compare to what we were on with. Probably double that. In, in yeah. the, and also, on that same day that I broke off on it, we went to the other side of the pond and found a dead, like, yeah. five, six-pounder laying, laying on the shoreline. Oh, this was crazy. We And I think this bass died to, uh, um, to like, obesity or something. Because this thing was massive. Its stomach was huge. It, it was a short and chubby yeah, thing. It, it was a short fish, but it had a, it was a football. It was a... It, it was massive. Exactly. It wasn't. I wouldn't say I would call it a stud yet. It was about a six pounder, mm-hmm. but um, it was a uh, it was a big fish, and we th- I, I I don't think it was obesity yet. I think it was some cold water. Oh think, yeah, the green stuff in the water from a couple yeah. of days ago was probably that. The golf, the grass from the golf course got into the pond and um, mm-hmm. put that thing out because that thing was not dead for at least it's probably dead for a day. It, it was still had some color to it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of information for y'all. I mean, I think the things to take out of this is just like when you're in the spring bass fishing, what what to throw is mainly based off the weather. Bass forecast is a good helpful app. Um, think shallow, close to deep when you're casting. Um, cover lots of water. Um, and usually the warmer the weather, the shallower the fish, and slow things down for sure. I think that's what helped was very helpful in the uh, spring, also, especially when the bass are super active. There's no need to like go super fast and just think fast, but just take your time. Yeah, one last thing before we go here is um, definitely if if you're fishing right before springtime and those uh the fish are starting to go up to a bed like kind of transitioning um don't be afraid to hit that that shelf that a deep shelf if you're on a boat if you find a place where it's about three feet and you go not very far towards the middle of the lake and it's like 15 feet 
I have a, I, I've have a very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for you. I would believe there's fish down there because they're they're close to that shallow water, but they're also can get to the deep water if they need to. Mm-hmm. You know, spring baits definitely stay with the crankbait. Worm becomes popular. Um, you know, top water can come. Jerk in. jerk baits are good too. Yep, jerk baits can be good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like it, it's kind of on and off. Just good. it's either hit yep. or miss. All right, yeah, that's a fun time though. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see all guys soon and um, tight lines. Y'all later. Yep, tight lines. Mm-hmm. Bye.